Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Uh, okay, I'm going to share with you, I have a special Resurrection Day Shabbat message for you. If you want to kind of like get ahead, you can turn to Matthew 12, but we're going to, it'll take us a minute to get there, but that way you'll be uh, getting on ahead. But first, I want to give you a little bit of kind of a history lesson as to why this is Resurrection Shabbat. Why is this Resurrection Shabbat? Because typically here at Bethlehem, we have a separate resurrection service that is on a different night of the week than Shabbat. Why, why is it that this year, why is this night different from all other nights? <laughs> a lot of, I mean, you know, I, I remember from when I was a kid, right? The four questions. We know this from part of the Passover Seder. Wow, boy, that's a new, just right in there, you know, that's, uh, but in any case, uh, why is this so different? Well, I want to give you a little bit of a just a brief contextual history lesson that really is, is only uh, tangentially related to the message here today, but will explain to you a little bit so that you understand. Now, before I get into the history, I want to make it clear. I'm going to make it clear at the end as well uh, of this, what I have to share before we get into the, to the text today, that this is not intended to be critical of anybody who celebrates the resurrection anytime because uh, it's always a joy to celebrate the resurrection of the Messiah. Amen? We can all agree on that. Okay, but, but nonetheless, I want to give you some context just so that you have an understanding of why we're doing it now, if you will, why we're at. Why? This Shabbat is special. Why? Not because it's even Shabbat per se, but it's because it is the 17th of Nisan, 17th of Aviv or Nisan on the Hebrew calendar. And before I really get into things, uh, I'll share with you that in the early believing community, uh, and what am I talking about? Early believing, first century, second century, that's very early. The early believing community uh, uh, that was, that was uh, in primarily the Middle East, but around other places in Europe and everywhere. Uh, the resurrection of Messiah Yeshua was celebrated. We know that. And this just makes sense. Why? Because we Jewish people like to celebrate anything positive we can. Let's face it. I mean, a good chunk of our holidays are they tried to kill us, we won, let's eat. You all know that. That's, that's the theme of most of Jewish holidays. And so anytime we can celebrate something that's really a totally nothing but a good thing, we're gonna, ironically, even, even the resurrection of the Messiah 
is tinged by the fact that he had to be crucified in the first place. Okay, fair enough. But nonetheless, anytime, for sure, the resurrection of the Jewish Messiah, our promised Jewish Messiah, certainly would be something that we would want to celebrate. Amen? I mean, that just makes some intuitive sense. But back in those early days, the first century, the second century, the timing of the celebration was different than it is today in the general believing community. The timing, as you would naturally expect, was based on the timing of Passover because it's so incredibly related. I mean, obviously, if you understand the whole series, I showed you the Garden of Gethsemane. All of this had to do with the Passover. Yeshua was our Passover lamb. It all had, was connected into Passover completely. Uh, and, and because we know that Yeshua died on the 14th of Nisan and was raised on the 17th of Nisan. He was raised today, the 17th of Nisan on the Hebrew calendar. There's some, uh, a few people, not a huge amount, but there's some people who will debate this. But scriptures seem pretty clear on this to me, if you have an understanding of the Jewish context of the scripture. And, and we know, in fact, that the early believers, they actually always celebrated the resurrection of Yeshua relative to the Hebrew calendar, uh, which only makes sense in regard to Passover, of course, the lunar calendar there. In fact, if you look at, at historic records, I'm talking about the early ones, first, second centuries, most celebrated the resurrection of Yeshua actually on the 14th of Nisan, or Aviv, which was part of the commemoration of the date of his death. And so the uh, 14th of Nisan is when the execution happened. Yeshua was executed, died for all of us. And so the early believing communities would, would commemorate that day, but knowing, of course, that he was raised three days later, that was the date that they kind of picked, if you will, to celebrate the resurrection of the Messiah, the 14th of uh, Nisan. Now, uh, illustratively, we know that Polycarp, Polycarp, of course, was said uh, to use this date, the 14th of Nisan, to celebrate the resurrection of Yeshua, along with his mentor, a guy you've probably heard of. His name was John, as in like, yeah, the John. John the Shaliach, the disciple of Yeshua, the writer of the book of John. John, as you know, was the last man standing. He was the oldest uh, disciple of Yeshua, uh, at least according to tradition, the only one not to be martyred. And so he lived in a ripe old age into his 90s and, uh, and, and, and such. And one of his disciples was Polycarp. Polycarp made it explicitly clear in the early writings that they celebrated the resurrection of Messiah Yeshua on the 14th of Nisan. But the point was, it's always in correspondence with the Hebrew calendar. Well, as the faith became more and more, and again, what I'm about to tell you is not, is not a good thing, but you just need to be aware uh, as the faith became more and more non-Jewish, more and more non-Jewish came into the faith, there came a distaste to associate the resurrection of the Messiah with the Jewish calendar and really with the Jewish people uh, at all. Uh, and this accelerated through the end of the second century into the third century, uh, eventually culminating with the venerated Council of Nicaea under the Roman Emperor Constantine in the year 325. 
Uh, and, and here is what, you know, there's a lot of good things that, you know, you, you're familiar with the creed and such, and there's some good things, but uh, people don't know today other things that the Council of Nicaea did in 325, including this little one. Uh, part of what they determined was this, and I quote, it appeared an unworthy thing that in the celebration of this most holy feast, we should follow the practice of the Jews who have impiously de defiled their hands with enormous sin and are therefore deservedly afflicted with blindness of the soul. For we have it in our power, if we abandon their custom, to prolong the due observance of this ordinance to future ages by a truer order. Let us then have nothing in common with the detestable Jewish crowd. There you go. That's why it is the date that most people celebrated today. It was because of that ruling back in 325. Okay, not, not, I don't have to tell you. That's not good. That's abysmally horrific. Okay, so yes, the setting of the date of the celebration of the resurrection was set in an explicitly overtly, uh, overwhelmingly anti-Semitic way. No question about that. But the point here is not to be critical of when it is celebrated today, not my point, but rather to try to explain why we celebrate Yeshua's resurrection on the 17th of Nisan, according to the Hebrew calendar. And truly, most of our Christian brothers and sisters today have absolutely no knowledge of this and merely want to celebrate the resurrection of the Messiah. And since there is no biblical command as to when this is to be celebrated, to me, any date is a good date. Okay, so therefore, I rejoice with my believing brothers and sisters and am joyous that they celebrate the resurrection of the Jewish Messiah on any day of the calendar. So, uh, so in that sense, we stand shoulder to shoulder because this is what they are celebrating is a resurrection of the Messiah. Can somebody say amen? And so this is what's really important. That having been said, it is important to understand the context and the history of things. Okay, all this said, regardless of when it is celebrated, it strikes me that we have a responsibility when it comes to this holy and blessed event. All of us who are believers and followers of Moshiach, of Messiah, have a responsibility when it comes to this particular very important day. So I want to get into this and examine the scriptures. Matthew chapter 12. Here it is where Yeshua has performed miracles, in this story, and he is asked by the religious leaders to perform more signs. So here is Yeshua, and he's asked by the religious leaders of the day, perform more signs, perform more miracles. They kind of want him to do a show, uh, etc., with this thing. But what does Yeshua say? Yeshua says something that is very important and prophetic, and it's important to tune into what Messiah says, Matthew 12, 39. But Yeshua replied to them, an evil and an adulterous generation clamors for a sign, yet no sign shall be given to it except the sign of Jonah the prophet. 
For just as Jonah was in the belly of the great fish for three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. So here we are, and Yeshua clearly says that he will be buried for three days and three nights. He says that the the Son of Man will be in the earth, in the heart of the earth, three days and three nights. He is clearly telling everyone what's going to be happening. There's going to be a burial, three days, three nights. But then at another time, he even elaborates on this to his Talmudim, to his disciples, so that there can be no ambiguity. Mark chapter 9, please. Mark 9. Listen to how crystal clear he is. This is important. I'm telling you this for a reason, you know, Godfrey, so that we can all understand how crystal clear Yeshua was about this. This is so important for us to understand even today in our lives as we share the good news because we all hold a responsibility when it comes to resurrection of Messiah. And so let's hear even more so. So Yeshua says, crystal clear, no sign's gonna be given except the sign of Jonah. Three days, three nights, the Son of Man, referring to himself, will be in the belly of the earth, okay? Now in Mark chapter 9, verse 30, it says this, They left from there and passed through Galilee. Yeshua didn't want anyone to know, for he was teaching his disciples and telling them. Okay, so this is what he told his disciples. He told them, the Son of Man himself, he's talking about himself, Yeshua, is going to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And after he is killed, three days later, he will rise up. But the disciples didn't understand the statement and they were afraid to question him about it. Okay, listen, I understand that to a certain extent, but nonetheless, he tells them explicitly, clearly, not like in some parable that, like he does often at times, but he tells them very directly, he will be killed and three days later, he will rise again. Amen? And this is a beautiful thing that Yeshua makes so completely crystal clear. Now I want to pick up the story that is part of the traditional story when we talk about the resurrection of Messiah from Luke chapter 24. Let's go to Luke 24. And, and, and now we're going to pick up the story. We're going to fast forward. The clock moves on. Yeshua has, has died uh, on the execution stake. And time has now passed. It is now three days after Yeshua's death on the tree and his burial in the tomb. Okay, so now we are exactly at the point where he specifically told them what was going to happen. And let's pick up the story. Luke 24, verse 1. It says, Now on the first day of the week, at daybreak, the woman came to the tomb carrying the spices they had prepared. They were coming to to uh, more or less do a blessing to the, to the body of Messiah. They found the stone had been rolled away from the tomb. Uh-oh. But when they entered, they did not find the body of Lord Yeshua. Wow. Okay, something happened. Something had taken place. Something, something going on here. Something's happening. Now, what exactly happened? Let's continue reading verse 4. And while they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. Wow. Now these were the angels. Okay, these were a couple of angels came. 
sat down beside them in dazzling clothes. Okay, this is not quite typical for a daybreak in the middle of a, you know, right by a cemetery, basically, right by a grave here. And then a couple guys or people with dazzling clothes come sit next to these ladies, and, and suddenly they're like, whoa, oh, okay, something's going on here. The, the tomb is empty, and now I got these two. What is going on? Something's going on. These two were messengers. They were angelic messengers of the Most High. And, and let's pick it up, verse 5. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you search? Oh, boy, hear what they said. Why do you search for the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember what he told you when he was still in the Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be executed, and on the third day rise up. And they were reminded of his words. Okay, so the angels shared with the women that Yeshua had risen from the dead, that he was now alive. And in fact, he told them, he told them all that this would happen. Remember, we just read it, right? He could not have been more clear. He reminded them. He said, listen, he told you this was gonna happen. Now it has happened. Yeshua has indeed risen from the grave. He is no longer dead. He is now alive. There has been a resurrection that has occurred. This uh, amazing, miraculous thing that, that please God, uh, believe in Messiah Yeshua. We know that Yeshua is the first fruit of the resurrection. This is why we believe that we will be resurrected again. Amen? Okay, let's uh, pick it up in verse 9 now. This is very interesting. Uh, and, and when they returned from the tomb, they went to the other disciples, they told all these things to the 11 and to everyone else. Now it was Miriam from Magdala, Joanna, the Miriam of Jacob, and others together with them who were telling these things to the emissaries. Verse 11, listen to this. This is great. I love verse 11. But these words appeared to them as nonsense, <laughs> and they would not believe them. That's <laughs> pretty interesting, isn't it? Pretty interesting. If something, let me just ask you this question. If something is on fire, if something's on fire, what does the fire department do? <laughs> puts it out. Puts it out with uh, their, with what? Their Hoses and water. Okay, that, that's, what you, that's what you do if there's a fire. If there's a fire, it's an unwanted fire. I'm not talking about like a campfire or in your fireplace. But if there's a fire that's not wanted, everybody knows what you do. If you call the firemen, you're going to bring the fire people there and they're going to get the hose and they're going to put water on it to extinguish the fire. That's what you do. That's what happens. It makes sense, doesn't it? It, does, it just makes sense. You put it out with water. Fire, you put it out with water. It just makes sense. It's intuitive. Everybody knows it. Everybody in here knows it. We are all on the exact same page. Put fire out with water, okay? Okay, that, that's what we should do. Verily, verily, I say unto you, if it is a grease fire, Never try to put it out with water. <laughs> it can result in a disastrous 
spreading of the fire. If you go on YouTube, and I did this just for fun as I was working on the message, type in add water to grease fire on YouTube and, and watch the videos. Trust me, you'll not try this at home. Don't, tr don't try this at home, please. I mean, it, it, it can be absolutely, utterly disastrous to put water on a grease fire. Don't put, but hold on. Don't put water on a fire. Don't put water on a fire. Hold on. Don't put water on a fire. You know what that sounds like to me, just kind of just taken as a statement by itself? That's nonsense. Don't put water on a fire. Everybody knows. We all agreed. All of you agreed. <laughs> we all agreed together. There's a fire. What do you do? Remember I said the police, what do they do? And you said hoses and fire, water. Yes, I said, you're right. Hoses and water. We all know that's what we do if there's a fire. You put it out with water. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. Don't put water on a fire. It's nonsense. We all know better than that. But the properties of a grease fire makes this the truth, even if it sounds like nonsense. You see? Yeshua had clearly told his Talmudim, they, he clearly told them that he would be killed and that three days later he would be raised from the dead. Yet, yet, yet when Miriam told them that he had been raised from the dead, three days after he had been killed, it sounded like nonsense to them. How very interesting, isn't it? I mean, he had just, not long before, now, so he had told them. He, he specifically told them exactly what was going to happen. And yet, it still sounded like nonsense. Why? It just doesn't make sense. You put water out with a fire. Somebody who's in the grave doesn't come out of a grave after three days. It just doesn't happen. It's nonsense. Here's, here's the interesting point that I want to focus on on this resurrection Shabbat as we think about this. Because I think that when it comes to this story and looking at it from this context, I think that all of us who are followers of Yeshua should take a certain point of perspective that we should relate to in the story most of all. And actually, it's, it's maybe a little bit counterintuitive as to the perspective that we should carry as we bring this message out to others. Okay, here it is. The perspective that we should have is that of the angels. That is the perspective that we should have that I would put forward to you. Why? Why the angels? Because we know the truth. Right? Miriam and, 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 and the other Marian, uh, and Joanna, and, 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 and for that matter, the disciples, they were just like, <laughs> that's the best cartoon thing I can do. I'm not really, <laughs> it's hard to do that. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to get at, right? Okay, they, they were dumbfounded. They were confused. They, they didn't understand. The angels, when they came in, they knew what was going on. They knew what was going on, and then they did what? They proclaimed it. This is exactly what happened. We know exactly what happened. And as much, as much as it can sound like nonsense to other people, we have to focus on what did the angels say? They said, brothers and sisters, he is not here. He is risen. He is risen. 
Remember what he told you when he was still in the Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men to be executed and on the third day rise up. We are here to declare the truth. As much as it may sound like nonsense to some, we are here to declare the truth, to point people back to the truth, to point people back to the words of Messiah Yeshua, the words of the prophets. See, to our Jewish people for this, we actually go back to key passages that are prophecies of the Messiah Yeshua to come. Let's go to Isaiah 53, please. Isaiah 53, we read just a little bit from it with our special resurrection liturgy a little bit earlier. See, why is this important? It's important to understand context here, brothers and sisters, and to proclaim the message. Because some of my Jewish brothers and sisters might say, well, yes, but, you know, uh, I, I know that Yeshua said that before and then it happened, but that's all from the New Covenant. And so if, if, if I'm not 100% sure about the reliability of the New Covenant, th then it doesn't hold as much weight to me that Yeshua said that because did he really say that? That's the New Covenant. And, and if I'm unsure, okay, my brother, Jewish brother, let's go back many centuries earlier to the Tanakh that's in every synagogue in the world. Let's go back to Isaiah 53. See, what I'm doing is I'm going back to what Yeshua or what God said, if you will, so that then we can see the validity of what happened in the resurrection. And I want to proclaim it to you and remind you and speak to you just like the angels did. And I'm going to tell you that that is your job as well is to proclaim this just like the angels did, the truth of it, referencing back what Yeshua said and referencing back even what Yeshayahu Isaiah said in the prophets. Let's take a look, Isaiah 53, the whole chapter is amazing. Verse six, we, the whole chapter is a clear picture of Yeshua. The whole chapter, if you're looking at it honestly, if you know anything about the story of Messiah Yeshua, then it paints such a clear picture, it's, it's undeniable. Uh, okay, we'll read part of it. Isaiah 53, verse six. It says, we all like sheep have gone astray. All of us have. Each of us has turned to his own way, so Adonai has laid upon him, meaning the Messiah, the sacrifice, Adonai, God has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. Then it speaks more of the Messiah, verse seven. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb led to the slaughter, like a sheep before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Because of oppression and judgment, he was taken away. As for his generation, who considered? For he was cut off from the land of the living. In other words, he died. He was cut off from the land of the living. For why? For what purpose? for the transgression of my people, to atone for them. The stroke was theirs. His grave was given with the wicked and by a rich man in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor there was there any deceit in his mouth. He was pure, he was righteous, he was holy, he was perfect. Verse 10, yet it pleased Adonai to bruise him. He caused him to suffer. He makes his soul God makes Yeshua's soul a guilt offering. 
But then it says, he will see his offspring. He will prolong his days. In other words, he'll live again. And the will of Adonai will succeed by his hand. The whole chapter is amazing. So we see from the Jewish prophet Isaiah that the Messiah will die for our sins, but that he will live again as his days will be prolonged. You know, people, sometimes we talk about the resurrection and the resurrection of the dead, and sometimes my, my Jewish brothers or sisters look at it and they say, well, I don't know, that's, we kind of focus on this life, and I, I don't really know about that and exactly how that's going to work. Friends, even the Rambam's 13 Principles of Jewish Faith says that we believe by complete faith that there will be a resurrection of the dead. That's one of the 13 principles of Jewish faith, the Rambam, okay? That, that we believe there's going to be a resurrection. It is nothing more Jewish than to believe in resurrection. It is a very Jewish, it is a very biblical thing to believe in resurrection. So listen, friends. We share this passage. We share Isaiah 53. We share other passages. We share the testimonies of our own lives. We share the words that Messiah said before it happened. Yet, it can still sound like nonsense to many. Can you imagine, even to the people who followed him and were with him day and night, seven days a week for years, and he told them what was gonna happen. Scripture said it sounded like nonsense to them. How much more so other people in the world who do not know the truth of Messiah Yeshua. All they know is what they see on CNN or some kind of a TV program that shows people who are believers being absolutely mean-spirited, like wicked, evil, hypocrites all the time. That's all they, that's the only visual they really ever have of people who follow God. But we know that that's not true. Not people who truly love God. People who love God love people. Okay. And so it can sound like nonsense if you're not looking at it from that perspective. It can even sound like nonsense to people who have been raised Knowing this, people who are sometimes even raised, how can somebody who's raised in the faith when they were kids go off and, and, and then not serve God? Or, or how can uh, my Jewish brothers and sisters who, who have Isaiah 53 in the Tanakh, how can they not see it? It's so clear, my friends. Even the disciples knew the prophecies in Isaiah. The disciples knew the prophecies in Isaiah and Yeshua told them point blank what would happen and it still sounded like nonsense to them. Hello, McFly. <laughs> Certain age reference here. If you, <laughs> if you didn't get that, if you find a DeLorean, you'll understand it if you go back in time. <laughs> Yet, my friends, we can't give up. Just like the angels said it like it was, even though it didn't make complete sense to the women and to the disciples at the time, we can't give up. We have to be like the angels who proclaim the truth of Yeshua's resurrection. Yes, we should study the historicity of Yeshua's resurrection. No question, if you study the 
historicity uh, and also the apologetics of Yeshua's resurrection. It is compelling. We've got one of our dear members who specializes in the apologetics of the resurrection and the, and the, the truth, the historicity of it. And it's absolutely amazing how it can be proven factually, historically. But friends, in addition to just understanding the, 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 the inerrant truth of it, we also need to be proclaiming it to proclaim it to others, just like the angels, we should let the world know because the resurrection of the Messiah validates his Messiahship. And in doing so, it provides us the atonement that we need to spend eternity with God. It's not hyperbolic to say that nothing is more important Nothing is more important. Let me get ready to close with 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. Mm. And this is what we hear from Rabbi Shaul, Paul the Shaliach, when he's talking about this particular resurrection and how it relates to our faith. Our faith is we believe in the Messiah, Yeshua. Wow, this all connects in an amazing way. What do we read? Because this all relates to us. Friends, without Messiah Yeshua's resurrection, we would have no hope for resurrection. See, he is the first fruits of the resurrection. We are latter fruits, will be, should, should the Lord tarry. We will be latter fruits of the resurrection and those who've gone on to be, with, to be uh, with the Lord now. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 16, we read this, beloved. Wow, listen to this. Let it just bless and encourage you. For if the dead are not raised... Not even Messiah has been raised. And if Messiah has not been raised, your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. See, friends, if Yeshua didn't rise from the grave, all this is of naught. All this means nothing if Yeshua didn't rise from the grave because you are still in your sins, verse 18. Then those who have fallen asleep in Messiah have perished if he didn't rise from the grave. If we have hope in Messiah in this life alone, we are to be pitied more than all people. But now, Messiah has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who've fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, right, the resurrection of the dead also has come through a man. For as in Adam all die, so also in Messiah will all be made alive. Oh my gosh, you're right, Cheryl. I feel the same way. Hallelujah is right. That is so encouraging, Colleen. You know, it is, it's just such a blessing to know that our Messiah, because he rose from the dead, we have hope. Without that resurrection, we are hopeless. We got nothing, my friends. Beloved Yeshua did rise from the dead, and because he lives, we can live. What a vacuous life it is if it all ends when we breathe our last. What an empty life. So many people in the world think it's all over when they breathe their last. What an empty, empty life, right? But this is not the case, my friends. Yes, we will also be resurrected. So this day is a day that we should proclaim 
like the angels. Like the angels, we should be proclaiming this day. He is not dead, but he is risen just as he said. It may sound like nonsense to some, but that doesn't make it any less true. Okay? So let's purpose in our lives knowing that we have something to live for. Let's have purpose knowing we have something to live for, my friends, that there is purpose and meaning and yes, even a future when our mortal bodies fail. That is the blessed hope. Resurrection hope. Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Whew. Resurrection hope it is, and that's the hope we have. Let's bow our heads. I want to ask if there's anybody who's here today who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah, if you are here and you've never committed your life to God. How about today? You know, what, what a wonderful time to do it. I mean, uh, the, the date of his resurrection is when you might be given eternal life. How blessed would that be? So if you are here and you've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah, but you want to, raise your hand. We'll pray together. It's a simple prayer. What is it? It's by faith. And you're asking for the blood of Messiah that was shed on the 14th of Nisan to cover your sins. And as he rose from the dead, so will you one day. Is there anyone who's never done so before but would like to? Raise your hand. Are you here? Okay, wonderful. God bless you. Yes, yes, young lady. Who else? Anybody else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Maybe you're watching online. You've never said that prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah, but you want to. Repeat this simple prayer after me, and in doing so, you're acknowledging, yes, I want to believe and receive Yeshua as my Messiah. So you only have to say the prayer one time, but we're all going to say it. Please, everybody repeat it after me. We're just going to do this in support of any who are praying it for the first time. So just repeat this prayer after me, okay? Okay, say, dear God, I humbly come before you. I ask Yeshua to come into my heart. I believe he's risen again, sitting at your right hand. Please forgive me for my sins. I'm sorry. I'll live the rest of my days for you. Thank you, God. In Yeshua's name. If, if you're watching online and you said that prayer for the first time, please send us an email. We want to celebrate with you. And, uh, and I want to ask this. I'm going to uh, come up here. And if that young lady who just said that prayer, yes, yes. If you'd like to come up, we just want to celebrate with you. I just want to give you a big hug. Let's celebrate with this one. All right, best decision you ever made. That's for sure. Lord, what, what a great day to do it on, too. I mean, come on, Resurrection Shabbat. I know mom and dad are happy. All right, Lord, I thank you, God, for this special Shabbat. I thank you for the fact that Yeshua is not dead, but he has risen just as he said he would, just as you said in your prophets that he would. Lord, I pray that that which is nonsense makes sense to people. Lord, please, God, I pray that there is an openness, a renewed and revived openness amongst our Jewish people and all the world to the truth of Messiah Yeshua's death, yes, but his resurrection. 
and the fact that he provides atonement for us. Thank you, O Lord God. We love you with all of our hearts and bless you today. And we ask these things, B'Shem Yeshua, in the name of our Messiah, shall we pray, amen and amen. Friends, we got to proclaim it. You got to proclaim it. You got to proclaim it. You got to proclaim it like the angels did. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethlehem.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L dot O-R-G. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and shalom. Night, 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 night.